0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the podcast. This has been a long time coming, just to let everyone know. Uh, obviously, most of you will know because you go to my old school, um, a fantastic school, DSA, uh, but I have obviously left this past year. I am now currently teaching in China, Murkston International School, but I'm very, very lucky to be able to teach um IGCSE history here. Uh, picked slightly different topics, but we're still doing Germany. Uh, and that's going to be my focus today, as well as um, more general examination tips. And we're going to be looking at paper one, which uh, focuses on the depth studies. So these are the shorter time periods, but where you go more in-depth. So I'm going to focus on Germany because most schools do um, do teach Germany. And, you know, it's very, very popular. And also, uh, but I'm also going to be talking about the mark scheme itself uh, and the the different question types. So one of the, uh, I think, history is often a subject that people kind of get a bit overwhelmed with at the, at the beginning. However, um, when we break it down by paper, we can see that, you know, with, with paper one, for example, there are three... There are only three different question types that you get asked. You get asked the source question, which is the six mark question, where you have to study an extract. This extract is a secondary source, usually from a um, a textbook or a or a book. You know, a historians written a book about the topic, um, and you have to. Uh, talk about the impression that the author gives about a particular event then we have the one of my favorite questions the explain two effects of so two consequences of that's key uh, question which is eight marks and then you get the the essay question where you do get choice that's question c so it's 16 marks and you do get a choice so first of all Uh, I know those of you that that I've taught before, um, will obviously know this uh, inside out. But it's also very lonely. Normally, I was doing these podcasts with Miss Cartmel, who's a fantastic teacher, um, and she is um, tremendous. And I know she's working extremely hard with the current year tens and elevens to um, get them through their IGCSE history. So, hello, everyone. Uh, So I'm doing it by myself. So it's probably not quite as interesting. Um, however, I will persevere and talk you through. So, some general tips. First of all, um, always this may sound very basic—but always read through the question because one of the one of the big mistakes in, in his, the candidates in history often do is that they see a particular topic and they and they they revise it, you know, and they've covered it and they know everything about it, and so they they te- they're, they're tempted to write down everything they know. Now, that's not what this examination is asking. It's asking you to explain specific parts of a particular topic. So that's key as well. Don't just suddenly think, right, I know everything about this. Make sure you stick to the the question. That's where the answer structures uh, that I've provided everyone that I've taught come in handy. Those are available on the website. uh, And I'll talk you through that in a bit more detail when we go through each of the, uh, the questions in turn. In terms of timing... You're looking, again, those people that I've taught will know this, but you're looking uh, for the six mark question. You're looking at approximately 10 minutes. Although it's a six mark question, the eight mark question should take you a little bit less because if we know the structure. It's the eight sentences, the two paragraphs. The one effect was, this is because this led to, therefore, we know the structure for that. So it should be relatively straightforward. So you're looking at about eight, eight to 10 minutes for that question, hopefully quicker. Um, and then that leaves us for the essay, you know, approximately 25 minutes, which is plenty of time to get those key, those five paragraphs, you know, the extended paragraphs down. Um, so that's what we're kind of looking at. Don't forget... Question A, which is the study the extract question, um, it'll take you a little bit longer because first of all, you need to read through it, pick out the key words and phrases that you're going to use. So that's why it takes a little bit longer because you haven't seen it before. It's unlikely that you'll have seen it before. So I'll just talk you through, you know, everyone should be aiming for five to six marks for the for the extract question, eight marks for the or seven or eight marks for the explain, and then for the... Um, for the essay, you know, we're trying to get into that level four, 13, 14, 15 and 16 out of 16. That's what we're aiming for. And that's the aim of this um, podcast to help you with that. So with the extract question. Again, those of you that I've talked before, remember this, but it's we're looking at content, language and tone. It's the impression that the author gives us about a particular Topic Now, because it's an extract and not a primary source, it may not be as obvious at first glance. So we need to look at nuanced, very subtle language. It's the historians that are giving their perspective, their opinion. Obviously, they've researched it and they've studied it, but they're also human. And so they're writing from a particular perspective. So we need to try to unravel what that is. Now, I'm using the um, 2019 paper, paper one, um, which which is available from the Edexcel website. Um, It's not locked because it's obviously occurred three years ago. So anyone can access it. And I'll also post this so you can see what I'm talking about. But just to give you a kind of a clue, the, the extract here is talking about, you know, what impression does the author give about the French occupation of the Ruhr, the industrial zone in Germany, where they moved in when they couldn't uh, receive payment and Germany couldn't pay them um, in 1922-23. And you look at the the key language and just, you know, if you're trying to get an impression, things that jump out are words like savagely beat. yeah. And even executed some of them. The whole of Germany was outraged. So again, we remember, we're, we're looking for synonyms of positive and negative. We're not just going to say positive and negative. But it's certainly a negative impression. And then we need to kind of then come up with our own words to describe that. It's not enough to say positive or negative, but it's good to first of all put it into either of those two Areas, is it a kind of positive impression of this particular topic or a negative one? And once you've done that, we can then look for synonyms to help um, describe the impression. And I'll put the link to that great English website, which has all those uh, uh, synonyms uh, that you can access. Um, And also the one for tone as well. So we're looking at what impression so we need to talk about the content, what's being said, what has the historian particularly mentioned. We're then looking at the language, which is the kind of you know the key word, so savagely beat as an example, and we're then looking at tone. And as long as we mention that and we say what the overall impression is. We pick out keywords and phrases and we use quotation marks to show they come directly from the source. Sorry, the extract, I should say. i oh, it's too confused. But it's the extract. And then we, um, you know, we, we support it with our own knowledge. Then we can get top marks. And... Remember, we have our answer structures. So, using phrases like "the overall impression given is that," you know, "the content shows this." This could be seen in the language. Finally, the tone is, you know, etc., etc. So, that's something you can use regardless of the particular topic or even the unit of work that you're studying. It doesn't have to be um, Germany uh, necessarily. It could be something else. Um, so that's the, you know, question. that's the uh, the extract question. Pick out, you know, my tips would be read it through quickly, look at the key language. What are the words that have been, you know, there's no need, for example, in that extract for the historian to use savagely beat. They could just put beat or hit, attacked, but they use savagely. So they put that in on purpose to try to get an impression across. So try to find those words. That is key. The eight mark question, it's really important to talk about two effects. I would always try to do one positive effect, one negative effect, or one local effect and one kind of nationwide or international effect, because then it means you won't be in danger of repeating yourself. If you answer and you follow the answer structure and you say one effect was, this is because this led to, therefore, and you explain it in detail, you will always get maximum marks, of course, as long as you're talking about the right particular topic. But, but also if you don't repeat yourself, it's when you repeat yourself, particularly in the therefore section, that you may not get maximum marks. So this question is looking for you basically to show your knowledge of a particular Topic. You're not really given any information, you're just given the actual topic they want you to talk about. In this exam, it is the Locarno treaties on Germany. And when we're looking at this, you know, this question, you don't have a choice. Remember the essay, you have a choice. But this question, you don't have a choice. So it's important, this is just kind of testing that you've revised all of the key. Events in the particular um, unit of work. So, when we look at uh, you know the Locarno Treaties, we are talking about you know perhaps it's the fact that uh, Germany felt that it was now respected in Europe, and you know this is because the uh, Locarno Treaties helped bring them back into the fold after they'd been. Um, kind of left out because of the, the First World War and the Treaty of Versailles so this is when Germany is coming back into the League of Nations so we're helping to explain that um, you know that would be a kind of international effect and you then might talk about perhaps a more nationwide or local effect such as um, the you know the fact that the treaties made Germany feel safe particularly concerning France um, because All of the parties involved in the uh, Locarno Treaties were not going to use force or change the borders that were set. So that one, you know, you've got two effects there. One is kind of focused particularly on Germany and one is looking more at the international um, arena with Germany's attitudes. Uh, You'll only get four marks if you only deal with one consequence, one effect. So it's really important. Again, you don't need to write a conclusion on this one. That's really important. Remember, it's not asking you for an essay. It doesn't want any introduction. You can go straight in with those eight sentences split into two paragraphs, nicely divided. One effect was, this is because this led to, it, therefore. Another effect, or the second effect was, this is because this led to, it, therefore. That's enough. And it's why it's should only take you about eight minutes. And then... Coming on to the essay, you get a choice. Remember, it's question C1 or C2. They give you two points to talk about. It does say you may use the following. I probably would always use the ones they give you. Um, and then you've just got to think of one more because you're guaranteed to get two because you're talking about them and then hopefully you know one more because then that's the third one. Don't forget, you need to talk about three points in the essay. Now, this is where people uh, often lose marks because, again, they see something and they see a topic. They perhaps don't quite read the question properly or perhaps they look at the wrong dates. That's always a key one. And this one's a good... um, example because it talks about you know it was not the 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 questions i'll read it to you the question is it was nazi employment policies that had the most significant impact on german families in the years 1933 to 1939 now if you talk about life for German families in the war 1939 onwards 1945 that's obviously the wrong time period but it's when you're in an exam situation you really need to read highlight underline Make sure you've picked out the, key, the dates that are mentioned and the topic, what's it asking you about. And remember, it gives you a statement. This is where our arguing, our debating, all of this comes in because it gives you a statement. It's in quotation marks. Someone in theory has said this. And then it says, how far do you agree? So you're always trying to answer the question. Don't just tell the examiner everything you know about Nazi employment policies, and the impact on German families. Okay, it's asking you: Was the employment policies of the Nazis the did it have did that have the most significant impact on German families, or were there other um, factors? And the two points it gives you are Nazi employment policies, it's the one mentioned in the um, statement, or Nazi education policies. And then you need to come up with a third. So. How do we answer this? I'm going to talk about five minutes and then that should be the end of the podcast. We've we divide it into five paragraphs. We want an introduction paragraph. We want one for each of the three points we're going to discuss. Remember, you're given two and need to put a third in because that shows your knowledge and your revision and your understanding of the topic and then the conclusion. So that's introduction, introduction. One point, two points, three points, and then conclusion. So that's five paragraphs. Now, what the examiner is looking for is not you telling us everything you know. It's whether you agree, whether you can create an argument, whether you can consider the importance and significance of these key points. So the introduction, again, the answer structure is is available for you. With the introduction, you can divide it into four sentences. Very, very straightforward. Get this practice, um, you know, practices before you go into the exam. It's not asking you to write a book. You've only got 25 minutes. So it is key that you stick to a structure that you're comfortable with and you know you can answer within that time frame. Because where people lose marks are not including a third point, not including a conclusion, The two main reasons for that are we haven't revised and we didn't or cover that topic. That's where you get a choice of essays to pick the one you know best or you run out of time and you forget to put a third point in or you haven't got enough time or you can't get to the conclusion. So that's where the 25 minutes should be enough as long as we stick to the, the timings of the other two questions. So what we're looking for to get top marks... In this is we're looking for a question and an answer that focuses on the particular question, which is how far do you agree in that particular topic? It is looking for the fact that you can explain why each of the individual three points you're talking about are significant and using your own knowledge to show that and backing it up with your historical knowledge. could be you know some key facts some key information you're using uh, historical language you come to a conclusion a judgment you know how far do you agree remember it's not a yes or no question it's how far do you agree and i'll come to the conclusion in a second and it's how you arrived at that conclusion and that's where we include criteria now if you remember when we look at the simplest way of explaining it, when we look at things like, you know, how do you explain which is the most successful sports team? Well, what does that mean? Now, Mr. Rudders has nothing to do with history. I know that, but it's quite an easy way of explaining. What do we mean by most successful sports team? Because that's quite a general statement. If you look at most successful sports teams, does that mean the sports team with the most trophies this season? Does it mean the team with the most trophies in their history? Does it mean the team that has won the you know, the hardest trophies? So you know, the World Cup or the Champions League, if we're looking at football. Does it look at the team with the most money? Success means money sometimes. Does it look at the team with the biggest number of fans? You'll get a different answer when you look at it from different points of view. So if you look at it from trophies, you may get a different answer to money or to fans. So it's important to point out what you're going to, you know, which criteria you're going to use in your essay. So in our introduction, whatever the question, the first sentence should be rewriting the question. So in this case, it would be that you know, Nazi employment policies had a tremendous impact on German families in the years 1933-39. to 39. Okay? The second sentence needs to introduce the other two points. So you might say, however, there were other factors that had an impact and these include... Then we will say, to judge this statement... I am going to analyse these factors using and that's where you include your criteria. And then the fourth sentence, the final one in the introduction, just points out. And in conclusion, I will argue that this statement is, you know, I agree with this statement to a, you know, A large extent or a small extent, because you just give a mini conclusion. That's your introduction. That's it. It's four sentences. It's helping to shape and signpost for the examiner. The next three paragraphs are you explaining, not telling me everything you know about the points. It's explaining why they had an impact, why they're important. So why, for example, with Nazi education policies important uh, and have an, have an impact on German families. That's what we're looking at. Not tell me everything you know about Nazi education um, policies. So you know, if we're looking at the, uh, the impact of Nazi employment policies, for example, the, the, the comment in the statement at the beginning you know, the fact that the um, educated women lost their jobs and their income had an impact on family income because you're now relying on the husband, not the husband and the wife. Um, you also had to, uh, you know, you have to look at the fact that uh, the Nazis gave loans to women so they could stay at home and look after the children. So that was more of a positive impact for women and particularly which women. Those things we need to look at um so we're we're answering this but we're not just telling the examiner everything you know about it you're saying the impact it had and then we're talking about the criteria so in terms of um you know how many people these policies impacted because of course if you've got a policy that's really important but only impacts 10 percent of the population well if that was your criteria surely that would have a Less of an impact than a policy that may be not quite as important, but might impact ninety five percent of the population because of the number of people that it's impacting, so that 's a potential criteria and then the conclusion you need to do a conclusion at the end, signal it your fifth paragraph, signal it by saying in conclusion or something like that, just so you know kind of you're drawing it to a close and remember you're looking at this spectrum it 's not a yes or no, it 's a spectrum of how far. Along that line, do you agree between one end, completely disagree, you know, 0%, and completely agree 100%, where are you going to be in between and why? So in conclusion, I agree to a very large extent that, you know, Nazi employment policies had the most significant impact because, or, you know, a very small extent you disagree or I disagree to a large extent. Use that language. And then to get the top marks in the conclusion, what you need to do is talk about why you disagree or agree and introduce, you know, talk about, reintroduce, I should say, your criteria again. You know, point A has less significance because it, you know, didn't meet this criteria. Point B, however, had a large impact because it does meet these criteria. Etc. I remember we're talking about three points and we're comparing them. And that's how we can get level four answer. Um, and depending on you know, the quality of the writing, it will either be a 13 or 14. Or if we talk about criteria all the way through and it's, it's precise and it's uh, accurate with his historical knowledge, we'll get 15 or 16. And that's how you get your A or A star, or I should say your level seven, eight or nine now with the, uh, the nine to one grading Guys, I hope that's helpful. I've gone on a little bit longer than I planned, but it's quite difficult to talk through a 45-minute paper Um, and do it concisely. I hope everyone is well. Uh, I'll put this on the website, and do hope you have a listen. I think it'll be helpful. We're kind of coming into April now, so you've got about a month or so, six weeks before your exams. Um, So I do hope you find it helpful. I hope everyone's doing well. And... If you're listening to this for the first time and I've never taught you before, but you are doing Edexcel, please use it to help guide you as well. Of course, I always look forward to your feedback. So send it through and have a wonderful day wherever you are. Okay. Thank you guys. Thank you very much.